And we're back with episode 31 of Dog Football Weekly. It's your host, Reed, with the co-host, Russ. And today, after a, long, after a long wait, we have the University of Georgia Athletic Director, Mr. Josh Brooks. Mr. Brooks, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. We uh, we had some storms in Athens last night. Yes, the winds sir. got a little crazy. I think I just read it was up to 70 miles an hour. Uh, so we got a bunch of trees down um, all around, around campus and, and around Athens. So it's going to be a couple days probably without power for a few. So hopefully we can get this restored pretty quickly yeah so we were downtown last night we were moving his sister's furniture actually and we were going to eat and he was like it's not gonna rain i don't see it. i don't see it and then just out of nowhere just flipped my yeah. like yeah, but came in quick. yeah so let's jump right into it mr brooks just tell us how you got started kind of in this athletic on this track to become athletic director what did it what all you have to do and tell us a little bit about your past and the jobs you worked before yeah so coming out of high school um my first goal in life was to be a coach i want to be a football coach yes, sir. and coming out of high school i knew that i wasn't uh talented enough uh to play college football but i knew you know that there's opportunities to work in different ways so I, I started volunteering as an equipment manager at lsu uh eventually earned a scholarship as a manager worked there and then uh going into uh middle way through my sophomore year they hired nick saban and jimbo fisher was office coordinator well i got assigned to work with quarterbacks and with jimbo and then going into my senior year, he let me be kind of a hybrid between a manager and a student assistant, which allowed me to get my foot in the door, start learning mm-hmm. football. And that parlayed me into getting a grad assistant job at Louisiana Monroe. Yes, I was there a couple years, um, and that that experience was great because when you're in a small school like Monroe, you get to do a little bit of everything, recruiting, scouting, you, you, administrative work. So it was a great experience for me. Then um, – then I was hired there as director of operations. Kind of was a shift for me at that point in time because I thought I really wanted to be a coach, but, but they offered me my first full-time yes, job. So I was so excited to have a full-time job at 23 that you know that I said, I'll, I'll try this out. Wound up loving it. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, I liked the, the, the veritability of the work and how it changed up day to day. And then, uh, and then I actually got out of football for about a year and a half. I went and worked in California in, in home building um, it was right after Katrina hit Louisiana, and it was just a – even though it didn't directly impact us in Monroe, it just indirectly made a lot of things difficult, and I was just ready to try something new. Then after a year and a half, came back to Monroe for another year, and then uh, in 2008, blindly applied for a job at Georgia with Coach Rick, got the job uh, as assistant director of Flops, worked my way up through here, and then um, in 2000, at the end of 2010, Greg McGarity hired me into administration. And that was another shift in my life to where I could I could stay down the football pathway mm-hmm. or go into administration. Um, I just had kids. I had kids that were a year and a half old, twins, and I felt like this would be more of a stable lifestyle uh, I could, or I could spend more time with them. Um, so I went the administrative route, and I worked my way up. And then 2014, I kind of felt like I was hitting my head on the ceiling where I needed to, I needed some new experiences. I was mm-hmm. doing the same things. I was associate dean of internal operations, working with facilities, event management, things like that. But I needed to step out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, I took a job at Millsaps College, a D3 school in, in Jackson, Mississippi. And that was a great learning experience for me. Did that. Um, and then I went back to Monroe as deputy AD. And then at the end of 2016, came back to Georgia uh, as executive associate AD and um, worked my way up a little more. And then when Greg retired at the end of 2020, um, I got the job in, in 21. I just 
luck and faith and blessing all working out. And I've been in this role now for two and a half years since then. Yes, sir. Well, can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day as the athletic director? Yeah, it's uh, there is no normal day-to-day. It's 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 every day is different. Um, it, I mean, there's there's a lot of regularly scheduled meetings that fill up the day. That you know, a weekly meeting, monthly meeting, things like that. That just that that are on the schedule. Then there's a lot of impromptu things. There's um, uh, you know, every now and then I go spend a whole day going out and meet with donors. Um, there'll be random donor lunches. There'll be um, campus events. There'll be uh, there will be uh, recruits come to campus. I'm meeting with a recruit today. So any, every coach knows every sport. They ever want me to meet with a recruit. I'll make time for that. And then so and then there's planning for the next thing, right? So the, the but but on top of all that, there's the impromptu things that happen every day. Anything that pops up. Whether it's an employee walking in your door saying, I've got another job offer, and how are you going to respond to that? Whether it's an employee issue and you've got to decide if you're going to let somebody go. or So there's just, you can have a plan for the day, but there's a lot of impromptu things come up that can eat up chunks of your time. So you got to be very disciplined with your time. So for me, um, it's very important. I kind of have a routine where I get in early every morning and I try to knock out the small stuff. Try to knock out the emails, try to knock out correspondence, writing thank you notes, things like that. That way when the day hits, when it gets going at 8, 8.15, I'm ready for whatever the day may bring. Because like I said, I may have, like today I've got meetings back to back to back to back till noon, but I've got to be ready for, i got to find a break because inevitably while I'm in these meetings, there'll be some text messages, building up some phone calls. So you just always kind of feel like you're getting behind. So you better carve out time um, to catch up or else you'll never... You'll never, you'll never catch up, and you'll feel like you're always behind on, on things like that. Well, definitely. What is? I have a question. What is it like being able, being over, kind of overseeing and interacting with like a great football coach like head coach Kirby Smart? What is that like on a daily basis? It's a, it's it's motivating for me um, because there's not a person you know he's he's cut from that cloth where he works so hard and he's so relentless in the pursuit of constant improvement that it motivates you to, to challenge yourself to get better it challenges you to get out of your comfort zone and not just be complacent with anything we do um, there's not a single thing that coach smart takes on within his program that he's ever complacent with he's always reevaluating, always challenging himself and his staff to find ways to get better do something better um, so it motivates you it, it makes you bring your a game every day because um, because you want to you want to match that intensity you want to match that that effort so when you get to work with, with people like that, it's really motivating. Yes, sir. Well, while we're on the football topic, do you have a favorite player that you saw come through here of, you know, while you've been here? That will give me a lot of trouble. I've got and – I, and I was joking and I made a list of top ten one time and then I got a bunch of messages. So I, I don't – I love them all. Um, there's been a lot of special ones that have come through. Uh, if I start naming one, uh, it's going to get bad. But, um, but I can say, you know, there's – there's, they span several generations. Obviously, when I was here for Bops, 2008, 2009, 2010, those three years of Bops, there was a lot of guys I was really, really close to. Um, again, I'm not going to say names because as soon as I say a name, I'm going to lose my out. And then most recently, um, there's a lot of guys I've been close to. You know, um, you know, I, I was very close to Nicobe Dean. He was a, a mentee of mine, which 
that's just in name only because he didn't need my mentorship. The guy's got his head on his shoulder so well. But there's so many guys like that, like got Kiris Jackson and and uh, uh, Ryan Gody and just so many guys that I just just love to spend time with. Cedric Van Pran is a guy I'm close to now. He's fellow Louisiana native. Uh, but again, I hate to leave anyone out. You know, Lab Conkey. You could go on and on and on. You know, but there's so many great young men on the team that 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 I care about. And look, my care for them goes beyond just the field. Like I, I, I care about them where they're gonna be in their life twenty years from now. I always tell the story that my proudest moment is gonna be, you know, I'm, I'm proud of championships, right? But what I'm gonna be more proud of is in twenty years or now it's gonna be nineteen, when we have like a twenty year reunion or in twenty four years when we have a twenty five year reunion of the twenty one championship team and the Kobe's out there and I've seen the man he's become. You know, whether that's a husband, a father, a businessman, what he's done in the community, and seeing where he's going to be 24 years from now, that's what's going to make me most proud. And that, that's that's what fills my cup up, thinking about that. Yes, sir. Well, definitely. At LSU, you said Nick Saban was hired towards the end of you. Did you get to really be around him a whole lot? Yeah, so working with quarterbacks, um, we, we worked pretty closely because – a lot of the drills and things when we'd go seven on seven or one on one when he was he'd spend a lot of time with the DB. So a lot of the drills we'd be doing with quarterbacks and receivers would be uh, very closely working with DB. So I got to work pretty closely and see him and his coaching mm-hmm. style close. I know he's it's been twenty years or so since he was hired there, but do you see like the comparisons? Because a lot of people compared Kirby Smart to Nick Saban and kind of say like they're kind of Kirby Smart's like a younger version of Saban. Do you see that too? Yeah, there's, there's comparisons in it, and all I would say all great coaches, but mm-hmm. I, n- I never want to just you know uh, base it down just to say this yes, is sir. a carbon copy. Every every unique, every coach is unique and has their own style and things that make them different. But but obviously things that make them great, there's similarities, and, and mm-hmm. I saw those similarities in Coach Fisher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think a lot of those things come down to attention to detail, comes down to focus, comes down to energy, and that relentless pursuit of of, of getting better. Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of things, but every, but I would never. I hate, I hate when people just make a general comparison of, mm-hmm. you know, this coach is like this coach because every coach is so different and their styles are so different, mm-hmm. um, but they bring their own skills and, and talents to the table. Yes, sir. Well, I've got one last question. What are your expect expectations for the next season, the upcoming season for football? You know, I, for me, I, I don't. Um, you know, you've got goals of where you want each program to be. But I don't get caught up into the expectation game because every minute I think focused on beyond game one is, is a waste of time. So for me, I buy into the theory of it's how do we get better today? So how do we get better today and then the next day and the next day? And you pile that up and then you go to the first game. And the first game is the most important game because it's the next game and then the next game. So I think anytime you spend looking ahead or worrying about expectations is, is a waste of time. So for me, I don't get caught up into, you know, I know everybody's talking about three people. You know, if it happens, it happens. But what we have to to, to to truly be great, whether we're talking about volleyball, soccer, cross country, football, and on and on, everyone's got to focus on what can we do today, what's important now, as coach would say. And I think that's the focus and that's the mindset that if you stack those days up, you'll when you look back and say, okay, we've achieved things. But but by looking ahead, it's just wasting wasting time and energy. Yes, sir. I have one more question too. Obviously, next year, 
Texas and Oklahoma will join the SEC and just as not even football, but just as a whole, like what are you looking forward to really about bringing in kind of two blue blood programs, not only in football, but they're great basketball programs, yeah. softball. It's going to elevate a ton of sports. I mean, when you yes, think sir. about um, Texas and Oklahoma bring a lot of talented programs and you think about Texas swimming, think about Oklahoma softball, um, you know, they're strong in tennis, strong in golf. Um, so I think it's going to elevate an already strong conference because, mm-hmm. you know, football gets the majority of the attention. But when you think, when you really start digging into it, you know, look at baseball, look at softball, look at track and field, um, look at tennis, look at golf. We have so many strong. So when you add two programs of that caliber, it's just going to lift our conference up even more to where we are um, the dominant conference and we want to be the dominant conference across the board. Uh, so it's exciting. And it, I think it's exciting from a scheduling standpoint of the variability of the schedule, knowing we have two new teams to throw in the mix and, and knowing that however the schedule shake out over the next few years, we're in a situation where we're going to see every SEC team home and away every four years. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really good for the fans moving forward. Yes, sir. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that. I know 2024, you, Georgia gets to travel to Texas and then travel to Tuscaloosa, and those are two games I'm definitely already circled on my schedule. But that's all the questions we have. Thank you very much for joining us today, Mr. Yeah, Brooks. Really appreciate, appreciate it. Y'all. Yeah, appreciate y'all.